So last Sunday, our family was uh, in Louisiana, and it's always something else going back, y'all. And if you don't know, our family is from South Louisiana, and and this is the more, um, let's call it unleashed area of the country. And I'm not even ashamed of it, man, because some people like to hide their crazy, but we all know it's there. (laughs) We do. I'm serious. It's just folks in Louisiana, they let it hang out. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I can tell because when I'm around some of you, you feel better about yourself. You do, man. Because you're just sitting there just sizing it up. It's like, well, at least I know I ain't as crazy as him. And there you go. I'm glad I can help you in those ways. And so we go back to Louisiana, man. It's something else, man. But this year, this time, we went back for something really incredible. We celebrated the 50-year anniversary for my mom and dad. And, um, yeah. And, of course, before I say anything else, thank you to all of the staff, all of the team, all the dream team that just keeps church going, even though we're not here. And uh, that's an awesome feeling to uh, wake up last Sunday morning and to be going to our home church back in Louisiana and knowing that everything here was under control, and it was rocking. I heard it was a good service. I do have a bone to pick with you because I heard you were early last week. Anyway, didn't work this week. It must have been you, Benjamin. I don't know, but you're going to have to help us get this under control. Thank you for coming early last week. I know it's rainy out there, and that's not a good excuse, but anyway, thank you. Thank you to all the team and everything, Uh, but it was so cool being with our family uh, last Sunday and just uh, hanging out with them, and so we've been in this series, Let's Get Get Spiritual, and um, we're learning a lot about how the Holy Spirit makes a difference in our lives, and I hope that you're learning some things. Uh, between these Sunday mornings and then the prayer nights this past Sunday, I mean this past Wednesday, we talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you missed that, you probably should go back and watch it because there was some teaching there that you need and someone's phone is talking back to me. And so anyway, all right. Um, Romans 8, though, it's probably one of the most loaded, spiritually loaded chapters in the Bible. I'm telling you, Romans 8 is just happening, man. And um, there's so much to preach from this chapter, but today I'm going to focus in on one thing, one thing. And what I, I want to speak a message today entitled Spiritual Revelation. Big word there, spiritual revelation. One thing about the Holy Spirit that you know for sure is this, is that he can reveal things to us. And the Holy Spirit wants to reveal some things to you. When you're reading scripture, the Holy Spirit can reveal some things to you so that it's not just reading it like you read the last mystery novel, amen, but it's speaking life to you as you read it, and it literally makes the words on the page come alive. Anybody ever had that happen before? Read that back when I was a kid in Sunday school, but now I'm reading it, and for some reason, it's screaming at me. That verse is telling me a whole lot right now. Well, that's the Holy Spirit that is revealing the intent and the inspiration behind that scripture to you and bringing it right into whatever you may be living right now in your life. Whatever you may be dealing with or walking through, the Holy Spirit knows how to illuminate it. He knows how to reveal it so that it's 
speaks life to you in those moments. But not only does the Holy Spirit reveal things through the scripture, but he can also reveal some things in your life. Sometimes we call them aha moments, but we've got to give the Holy Spirit some credit because it's literally like the Holy Spirit is turning the light on and you're saying things like this. Oh, I see it now. It's not just hindsight is 2020. It's I look back and the Holy Spirit all along has been putting together this picture so that I can see what God was trying to say and what God was trying to do. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal things in our life, but he also wants to reveal some things in ourselves. Amen? It's so much easier to deflect spiritually. It's so much easier to get really spiritual about somebody else's life changing, about that person that you're married to changing, but the Holy Spirit also wants to show you and reveal some things in you. And so we, we struggle to pray prayers like, Holy Spirit, show me where I am wrong. No, we pray, God, show them where they're wrong. Get him. Get him, Lord. Get him. Get her. And the Holy Spirit says, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that later. Let's get to you. Holy Spirit wants to reveal some things in us. But the Holy Spirit also wants to reveal who God is. Can I tell you that our view of God is so incomplete? It's not enough yet. But the Holy Spirit will continue to uh, to unveil and reveal who God is. He will continue to reveal what he is saying, what, what we should do, what we should say, what we shouldn't do, what we shouldn't say. Come on, how many of y'all know we need some help? Look at your neighbor and say, you know you need help. So uh, when we were in Louisiana, let's go back to Louisiana. When we were in Louisiana, uh, when people see my kids, it's like every time we go, they feel like my kids have turned into like grandparents. Like they're going so fast. You know, you know how it is whenever you don't see people for a while. Oh, they're getting so tall. And Ella Pearl, you know, I mean, the, the, oh, my God, she's a young lady now. And she's so tall and uh, looks just like her daddy. And Cynthia's just over there, like, rolling her eyes, like, yes, here we go again. And then they'll see, like, my boys and, like, people that have known me a long time, and they'll see, like, Judah and say, oh, that you look just like your dad did when he was your age. And then they look at Elijah, oh, we know whose son you are. And, and it's all of these things that, that are said, and, you know, it's, uh, it's like, oh, here we, we, here we go again. I want you to know there's some dominant genetics in the Moran family. We strong, man. We are strong. Um, one of the most incredible things, though, about the weekend, um, it was the revelation that my parents, my brothers, their wives, and all of my nieces and nephews, we, we took this picture together. Can we put that picture up? Is it, is it up here? Yeah, man. You could clap. I mean, I heard two of you start and the rest of you like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, when I saw this picture, though, there was a revelation moment. And this is an awesome moment for a family. This is all my brothers, their wives, and their children, my mom and dad. Everyone in this picture is serving the Lord. Yeah. 
And hey, I'm not saying this to say good job, Pastor Wade, because I just went along for the ride, okay? This is a lot of the work of the Lord here, y'all. Everyone in my family is serving God. They're serving in their church. Seriously, they're involved in different areas of ministry. And, and when I saw that picture, it, it really just, it, it hit me. This is not normal. Did. And many of you think that I present this to you out of pride. This is not out of pride. There's, there is some understanding here that you don't just get there. You need the grace of God to get there. And I can tell you now, the grace of God got our family to where that is in that picture right there. So you can take the picture off now because people are going to stare at it. I need them to pay attention. Okay. So through the years, I've heard people ask my parents, and they're asking us now, how do you do this? And, and, and whenever people see my kids, and again, I am not preaching this out of any way, shape, or form to brag anything to you because I understand that people have wills in their house. All right, and I'm not talking about just naming a kid named Will, so we got a will in the house. I'm talking about the will of an individual in their house, that they can do whatever they feel like anytime they want. Y'all know those people? And so to get people to, to follow Jesus in the house can be a challenge. And that's why I say it took the grace of God. And so many people ask, how do you do this? And they're looking for a formula. Tell me the secret to it. Like, like all you got to do is this, 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 and this. And of course we would ask that because we're conditioned to find life hacks. We are. We are so conditioned to, to scroll through TikTok and, oh, there's a life hack. Or find something on so oh, I never knew you could do that. And it becomes our new method of doing things. And so sometimes we scroll through the scripture trying to find a life hack that's going to help us. And I say, yes, do that. But there's so much in scripture than a life hack. Amen? And if we're not careful, we will just use the Bible like a self-help book instead of a book that transforms us. Amen? And so this is important that we hear this today because as much as we want a formula to have a great marriage, as much as we want to raise good kids, we want to be successful. And listen, I can tell you as a pastor, I have tried my best to, prevent, to, to present formulas to you. Because there is a practical side to it. Last week, the message basically was some spiritual formulas that work. Amen? But it's not just about a formula. It's supposed to take you somewhere. And sometimes we make it so much about the life hack. And sometimes we make it so much about the formula that we miss where this is going. And I'll be honest, sometimes people, they start with the formula and then they's like, I ain't following that anymore. I tried. That didn't work. And so to present formulas can be just really exhausting. To follow a formula can be exhausting. How many of you took physics in high school? If you ever take physics, listen to me, young people. I love you a lot. I'm going to pastor you well. If you take physics, it's all formulas. All the time. And when you take your final, just like we all did, come on, Terry, you know, you took physics. At the end of it, what happens? Oh, no, I need to remember all the formulas. And you're taking that test, and you know what you realize? I can't remember the formulas, and I'm doomed to fail. Please grade this with a curve. Can I get an amen? A lot of you, you needed the curve. Come on. 
So we know that it takes some good practices to build great families, to build great lives, okay? And so what we've been learning about is how the Holy Spirit helps us, amen? How the Holy Spirit can fill us, how the Holy Spirit can lead us. And what does that do? Most of the time, it motivates us to live better, to be better people. I want to do better. I want to stay away from some things. I want to get close to God. I want to get into what I need to be doing, get away from what I don't need to be doing, and I'm going to try my best not to mess up. Amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I just, nope, not this week, not today, Satan. Get behind me. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I'm not going to mess up. And then we live the rest of our day trying not to mess up. Like during the fast. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to eat it. I'm so hungry. We're trying so hard not to mess up. We try our best to follow every rule, to follow everything in that book that we read. Come on. With hopes that if I do all of that, then we can finally reach that mark. Then maybe we can call it successful. Then maybe the marriage will be. Then maybe the kids will act. Then maybe I will be able to sleep at night. Then maybe, and we, we, we're adding all of these different pieces up, and all we're left with is then maybe. And it bleeds into things like if I become good enough, then maybe God will accept me then maybe God will bless me. Then maybe God will use me. Like if I do it all right, then maybe. And if we reach that point, then maybe, then maybe, then maybe. And what happens is we, we try our best. We try our best thinking that if I do my best, then God's finally going to just snap his fingers and it's all going to happen. And I know a lot of people who've been trying for a long time. And when they don't see it add up and they don't see it happen, they get angry. And they get angry at God. They get angry at church. They get angry at the preacher who told them a formula. And they say things like, well, that don't work. Let me go find something. And ultimately get to the place. This is where it hits home. I'm just going to do what I think. I'm going to show you something today, though, that the Lord has been showing me for the last few months. People looking for a fix. They're looking for a formula. They're even looking for something or someone to follow. We are. We're looking for something that's going to just, oh, that'll fix it. I won't have to worry about it anymore. And if the whole point of our prayers is so that you don't have to worry about it anymore, God's going to work on you in that area because God will always put you in the place that you have to trust him. And that, listen, you, you got to hear that the right way because you may take it as God's just messing with me. God's trying to mature you. Amen. He wants you to grow up. Okay. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit can help you with all of this, but there's so much more that I need you to see in this. Okay. And so what I'm praying for today is that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal something to you. Now let's unpack this. In Romans chapter 8, we read about our sinful nature. And I want you to know that it comes naturally to each and every one of us to sin. Here's what I mean. No one had to teach you how to do it. 
I promise you. Take the most innocent child, and I know you love that child so very much. You will not have to teach that, that child to sin. It comes automatically to him. How does a three-year-old know how to lie? I didn't hit him. I just watched you hit your brother. No, I didn't. I didn't hit him. Yes, you did. It comes natural to sin. And some of you right now are like, oh, well, there you go, Pastor Wade. That's why I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. It just, it comes natural. I'm not saying this to us to make an excuse, but I'm starting out with an explanation that we are all natural born sinners. Whether you came from the dirty south in Louisiana, come on, or you came from the bougie little town, it comes natural for you to sin. Even if you came up in the best family environment there ever was, or if you grew up in the most dysfunctional house you ever seen in your entire life, it doesn't matter. We were all born as sinners. And this is hard because when we look at our children, we say they're just innocent little children. And they are innocent until they start acting. And when they start acting, this is where we see it. They do things that it's like, where are they learning this from? And then we start looking at our spouses. It's your fault. You said it. Oh, God, you sound just like your dad right now. You get that attitude from your mama. Shh, don't tell her I said that, though. Y'all know how we do that. And we think that we're getting it from someone. I want you to know that the sin in our lives isn't coming from someone. It's coming from ourselves. Like we stirred that up on our own because that's what we're born as. We're born as sinners because the first man that was ever created, his name was Adam. He chose to sin when there was no sin in the world. And because of his choice to sin, he opened up the whole wide world to sin. And so because of that, we're just like our father, who is Adam, and we're born as sinners. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to call you a sinner right now, but I'm not because I'm one too. And this is why, I need you to hear this, we're natural born sinners. This is why we must be born again. When you're born again, watch this. You're born of the Spirit. It's a spiritual birth. And I want you to remember this line. God takes natural born sinners and he makes them spiritual saints. Who that? Anyway, I wanted to slide that in there. Sorry, Bucks fans. He takes natural born sinners. When we're born again, he takes natural born sinners and he makes them spiritual saints. Or let me say it like this. He will take a natural born sinner and make them spiritual sons and daughters. He, he gives us what's called a spiritual birth. Amen. So God the Father sent his only son to be the sacrifice to pay for all of the sins that separate us from him. Adam tried to fix it in the garden. You could go back in Genesis and read it. After he and Eve uh, sinned, what did they do? They tried to cover it up, so they sewed fig leaves together, put it on, and God showed up, and he didn't tell them they were naked. What did he tell them? Who told you you were naked? 
God didn't come and condemn them. He asked them a question. He's not coming to condemn you. He just wants to know where you at. And why are you doing that to fix what's going on in your life when the Father can take care of it? They put the fig leaves around them and they hid instead of running to him. And this is so important because most of the time with our sin, instead of running to God, we run from him. And there are people in this room today, there are people watching online who are running from God. There are people who will not come to a prayer night. It's not because they don't know that God is there. It's because they know if they go, they will run into him. Got to stay away because the father might get me. And can I tell you the best thing that can ever happen in your life is for the father to get you. Come on, man. Mm. So when we put our trust in him for, for our salvation, we're born again. So you were born naturally, natural born sinner. But when you're saved spiritually, when you're born again, you are saved spiritually. It's a spiritual birth. So watch this. Even though we're saved, we still have the deeds of our sinful nature to deal with. I want you to think of a title deed. When you have a deed on something, that means I own that. Or in this case, I would say it like this. It owns you. So even though we're saved, y'all listen up. Even though we're saved, we still have the deeds of the sinful nature to deal with. Let me put it in layman's term. Oh, now I'm saved. I'm going to have to quit that. Yeah. Are, are y'all following? It's like I, I'm not that person anymore. One of, one of the most incredible moments um, last weekend when I began the ceremony, which, by the way, I've done a ton of weddings, but there was nothing like standing in front of my parents and performing a vow renewal for them. And I told a story. And I, asked, I called my dad last week and I asked him, I said, hey, what you doing on your wedding night? <laughs> I know, right? Some of y'all are like, hey, let's sound a little sketchy. <laughs> He's like, what you mean? I said, well, you remember 50 years ago on your wedding night what you were doing? <laughs> yeah. And I told the story. My dad was in a high-speed chase with the police the night before his wedding. Oh, I know. Y'all see my dad, and y'all like, oh, you're so sweet, bruh. <laughs> He's watching right now, so I can do this. And you guys, I've told you the story. My dad had a drinking problem. And if he got pulled over that night, guess what? You ain't getting married. So he did what most of us do. Well, some of you. He ran, but this time he ran from the cops. And he was driving a car that could do it. And was driving on some curvy back roads. And the cop was trying to keep up. And my grandfather had cattle. And my dad turned the lights off and pulled into the cow pasture and watched the cop pass by. And he married my mom the next day. So I asked my dad if he was going to relive that. Let's go ride, Dad. Show me exactly how this works. And you know what he said? I'm not that person anymore, son. Yeah. 
There were some deeds, though, of the sinful nature that had to be broken off of his life. Just like there are some deeds of your sinful nature that are still there that you're still trying to break off of your life. And, of course, we're asking the Holy Spirit, come help me. So we're in this state of I'm forgiven, but I'm still tempted by those things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I I know I'm forgiven for it, but I'm still struggling with it. I'm still fighting this thing. Um, And the temptation and the influence we've learned are stronger than us. They are. That's why they're still there. Isn't it something how some of this stuff, it was like, oh, yeah, I got that. Don't even deal with that anymore. But then there are some things it's like, man, it won't go away. Come on, am I talking to the right people? And so what happens in these cases, and lock in, we begin to look for spiritual fixes. If I can find a spiritual fix, then that's going to fix this problem. I'll never have to deal with it. Or if I can find a spiritual formula that's going to take care of this, we'll never have to worry about it again. And really what we do is this. We live so hard to try to maintain our salvation status. We're living more to maintain a salvation status than we are living life the way God wants for us. Trying not to go back. Trying not to fall again. Trying not to mess up again. Come on, somebody. And the focus becomes so much about following the rules, but really all the rules do is inform us that if I do that, that I am going to be wrong. That's what the rules keep doing. If you do that, you're going to be wrong. You're going to mess up. You'll be messed up just like you've always been. And the deeds of our sinful nature has us bound. Come on. We try so hard to be a Christian. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We're trying so hard to be a Christian that we either live afraid to mess up or afraid because we messed up. Listen to that. We're living afraid to mess up. Or we're afraid because we messed up. And this is the status of so many believers out there that are living under this stronghold of fear. And what I'm realizing is that we're working harder to maintain our status than we are trying to build our spirit. We're trying to maintain our status as a believer in the eyes of other people than allowing God to touch our spirit and who we are in him. And as long as it's about status, we will always struggle because it's not just what God thinks about us. We're worried about what other people think about us. And so now I will never let anybody know that I struggle. I will never let anyone know that I am weak because if they know that I'm weak, they will think that I am not a real Christian. And so we're living so hard trying to maintain this badge, this status of Christian, instead of seeing God as my father. And I just want to be a son of God. I just want to be a daughter of God. And sometimes my kids, they don't do it all right, but they still my son and they're still a daughter. Amen. And you can't change it. You can talk about them all you want. You can't change that. They're in the picture with me. Amen? 
I'm going to share two spiritual revelations that we need, and this is where we got to wrap up. The first one is this, and it's just going to hit you. The first one, God did not give us a spirit of fear. That is, if you are living your life as a believer out of fear, fearful that you're going to mess up, fearful that because you've messed up, you can't do anything with it, that spirit is not from God, and that is not from the Father. Amen? So watch this, Romans 8, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Follow this, follow this. God didn't save us to be fearful rule followers. Oh, but Pastor Wade, what about fearing God? Oh, I got you, Pastor Wade. That means reverence to God. If your whole Christianity is, oh God, don't strike me down, that's not real Christianity. That's religious oppression. Come on, somebody. God didn't save us to be fearful rule followers. He saved us to be faithful. He saved us to be powerful. He saved us to be overcomers. I'll prove it to you. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And watch this. Sound mind. It's a different spirit. Power to overcome. Power to endure. Just nudge your neighbor and tell him, you're going to make it. God, you're preaching better than me right now. You're going to make it. Power. The power of God in your life. Love. First John tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. Come on, somebody. A sound mind. Some versions call it self-discipline. It's a spirit. It's the spirit of God, y'all. So watch this. We aren't saved because we're scared of hell. We're saved because we trust God. There's a big difference there. It takes faith to please God, believing that with God's help, we can overcome the sin. We can overcome the fear. We can overcome the doubt. That's the first thing. It's big revelation. You got to get it. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. So when you're dealing with something and fear's coming over you and you don't feel like you can go to God with it, that's where you got to say, wait a minute. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. But he gave me a spirit that is powerful to overcome this thing. He gave me his love, which is greater than anything, because love covers a multitude of sins. Let me tell you how many that is. That's all of them. That's all of yours. Well, I would go to God, but I got that one sin. God's like, I already got it covered. I can't go eat with y'all because I can't afford it. I already paid the bill. Come eat at the table. Amen. Goodness gracious can overcome doubt you say well I don't know if God can forgive that he's been forgiven long before you and he will be forgiven long after you and there were crazier people that did crazier things than you that he already forgave come on you ain't that good (laughs) or you ain't that bad God can forgive so the first revelation is God didn't give us a spirit of fear the second one though is this God's spirit affirms that he is our Father. It's the Spirit of God that affirms you and I that He is our Father. And I'll show it to you in Scripture, Romans 8, 15 and 16. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Come on. You're the son of Adam.
Adam and you were born into sin and God saw that they are all messed up. But he's a loving father and he so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Sin, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. How? Through Christ Jesus. And because of Christ Jesus, you and I can be adopted into the Father's house. And now we can approach him and call him Abba Father. It's for real. It's not just, well, he's my stand-in dad. He's my gap filler dad. No, he has always been, always will be the faithful Father that each and every one of us need. And here's the deal. Your sin will never help you to see the Father. It will always tell you you're not good enough and you need to get out of here. But the Spirit of God is always saying, my Father had a plan who sent His Son so that you could be adopted into His family. And you don't have to live like an outsider. He always wanted you to be insider. He made a seat for you at the table For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So watch this. Yes, it's raining outside. Just listen in. Don't don't get weirded out by the rain. Listen to this. This is going to change your life. We need more than a fix. We need more than a formula. And we need more than just someone to follow. We need our Father. Oh, my goodness. We need... Our Father. And you say, Pastor Wade, this sounds like a Father's Day message. Every day is Father's Day with our Father, y'all. Every day. So the ultimate revelation of the Holy Spirit isn't some scripture verse or some prophecy, although he does that. The ultimate revelation of the Holy Spirit is that I need my Father God for everything. The ultimate revelation is that he's my father. And he affirms me as his son or as his daughter. If we have his identity on us, we will have his spirit in us. When you hear that term, Abba, Father, you've heard people compare it to, oh, I call him Daddy. But it means so much more than just a title. It means I revere and I respect you as my Father. So the Holy Spirit isn't a fix, it isn't a formula. And we saw that in Acts 8 when Simon the leper tried to buy it. He told the disciples, hey, how can I get this Holy Spirit power that you have? I'll pay whatever to get it. And the disciples got fired up. They're like, you can't buy this. This is too valuable for money. You can't afford this. May your money perish with you. And the dude was disappointed because he just thought, well, if I get the Holy Spirit, he's going to help me and we're going to live happily ever after. But here's what he missed. He thought it was an app. He thought it was an add-on. He thought it was just something that he could use 
whenever he was weak, whenever he was tired, when he wasn't feeling it. And can I say, that's how many of us have lived with the Holy Spirit. When I'm in trouble, well, God didn't tell me nothing. Yes, he did. The Holy Spirit was there all along. But because there's been such separation between us and the Father, we didn't even recognize that it was him all along. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father in us. And I'll go back to where I started. You're just like your father. You're just like your father. And some of you, when you hear that, it hits you because of experiences that you had with your own father. What if... It could be said about you. You're just like your father. It says the spirit affirms us as sons and daughters. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. I'm almost done hanging there. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Jesus is coming out of the water in baptism and he sees the spirit of God coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and with him I am well pleased. You need to hear this because up to this point, Jesus has done no ministry. Jesus has performed no miracles. Jesus has opened no eyes. Jesus has preached no sermons. Jesus has not done a thing yet to impress anyone. And his, pa- his father puts his identity on him. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And it was never about performance. It was all about that's my son. That's my son. And you want to live in a place that when God looks at you, he says, that's my son. That's my daughter. But Pastor Wade, I messed up. And God says, that's my son. That's my daughter. But they've been running. That's still my son. That's still my daughter. And I will leave the 99 to go and find the one. So being spiritual isn't adding the Holy Spirit to your life. It's allowing yourself to be adopted as a son and daughter of the Father. And it's being just like your Father. So I'm walking in His identity. I'm walking in His authority. I'm walking in His liberty. I'm walking in His ability. I'm walking in His maturity. I can keep going on and on. I'm walking in His responsibility. Because I am with the Father. Where'd you get that? I got it from my dad. How'd you learn that? My father showed me. How'd you know to respond like that? That's how my father does it. See, if we're not careful, we turn the Holy Spirit into a force. Star Wars, may the force be with you. 
I'm serious. And that's where people get spooky with the Holy Spirit. But the, the way to stay on track with the Holy Spirit and to really allow the Holy Spirit to be effective in your life is to allow the Holy Spirit to affirm you as sons and daughters of God because now the Spirit just isn't out there floating around being weird and spooky. The Spirit is the Spirit of my Father. There's an influence of my Father that is within me that enables me to live and say and act and do things in such a way that my sinful nature doesn't agree with. That's why there's a conflict. But because I'm so close to the Father, His influence in my life is greater than the influence of all the sinful deeds. And by the way, if it's a deed, it needs to be paid for in order for it to be broken. My Father can pay the price for all of the deeds. He's got the title deed on my life because I gave my life to Him. I gave it to him. And that means if I give it to him, everything in my life now belongs to him. This is so good. So this is where I finished last verse. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, if you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's not a formula. It's not a fix. It's not someone to follow. It's the Father. You want more reading? Go read Matthew chapter 6. Because all the cares of the world that you're worried about, what does it always go back to? Father. Father. Your Father in heaven. Your Father in heaven. And if we as a church can get the revelation that that is my Father, it will change the way we act. The most influential person in my life has been my Father. It has. And you say, well, Pastor Wade, that's because you had a good dad. Can I tell you that you don't have to have a good dad for your father to be your influence? Because there's a lot of people who didn't have a good dad are still making it. But there's also people that didn't have a good father that are still carrying what their father carried. The sinful nature, the deeds of the sinful nature. But today, the Holy Spirit just wants you to see your Heavenly Father can take care of that. Your Heavenly Father, every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, today we thank you that your Spirit points us to you, the Father. Not the judge, not the king, the Father. And today, we come to you, Father, because we need you. The deeds of our sinful nature are stronger than us. Our sins are strong, but God, we know you are stronger. And I pray today the Holy Spirit convinces every one of us that we are adopted as your sons, as your daughters. And you can take natural born sinners and turn them into spiritual saints. If you know you need the Father right now in your life, I want you to stand to your feet. If you need the Father in your life, you're walking through something and you've been trying to find the formula, trying to fix it. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's your soul. 
you've read books and it's given you a lot of practical stuff, but for whatever reason, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been abused. Today, run to the Father. Maybe you've been away from God, running, hiding, and you've said things like this. I'm, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to get it right. And when I get it right, then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that. Today, come to the Father. Anyone else, I want you to stand to your feet if that's you. You say, i got to come to the Father today. You need healing. coming to you today, God. Come on, those of you standing, I want you to lift your hands. Come on, there are others. Just don't want anybody to know. Don't want anybody to think something's wrong. We all got stuff wrong with us, y'all. Today, Father, I pray your spirit speaks and affirms that you're our Father. We're your sons and daughters. And I pray out of that flows forgiveness, healing, restoration, freedom. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord today. God, we need your Holy Spirit. The rest of you, stand to your feet and lift your hands towards heaven today. Come on, just reach your hands to God. Reach your hands to your Father. Lord, today, we know there are some things that need to change in our life. There are some steps we need to take. There are some practical things that we need to do. But Father, we know that in the midst of all of that, the most important thing is to know who you are and who you say we are. And Lord, today I pray that you will confirm and affirm to each person in this room now who we are in you. And I pray, God, now that there will be a confidence that arises in every person where fear will begin to break and faith will begin to flow. So Holy Spirit, now bring the affirmation, bring the convincing, bring the conviction that you are our Father and we are your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen and amen.